Our second scripture comes from Mark 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As most of you know, I come from a musical background. Of course, being in choirs and groups and singing in quartets has been absolutely so much fun. I love singing, especially Southern Gospel style. Now, I cannot say that I started when I was a young child because I didn't. I didn't start until much later in life, when I was a teenager, to be more precise. A couple of friends that I went to church with, a couple of, couple of my young friends that I went to church with, asked me to be a part of a quartet, and of course I couldn't say no. I had to join them, and I did. And I've been singing ever since. I love singing, I love the art, but more importantly than that, I developed a big love for people. I can even remember back when I was a part of the last quartet that I was with, we would go in, set our equipment up, and then we would head back to the bus to get dressed, and then we'd say a couple of prayers just to give God the glory for what's going to happen in that particular service. Now, I usually headed back in first. And what I would do is I would go up on stage, check, make sure the batteries hadn't run down in the microphones, and just kind of give the, the set a look over one last time to make sure we were ready to go. Then after that, I would go down to each pew and I would start shaking hands. Now, why would I do this? To let them know that I was thankful for them being there and supporting us. A lot of groups don't do that. They just want to come in and stay in the back until they're called up to sing, they're introduced, they get up and sing, and finish the service up, then they don't shake hands until they go back to the record table. Now if that's something they want to do, that's okay. Personally, I felt that a touch of being more approachable was in order. There were times that I used to talk to each of these people. I'd shake their hand, 
They tell me stories about their families, tell me stories about their kids, their grandkids. I used to sit down a lot of times on a pew in front of them and talk for what seemed like forever. It was just, just a couple of minutes, but it seemed like forever. And the more I talked to these people, the more I got to know them. Their stories were important to me. And I hope that some of the stories I would tell them were important to them. And also, a lot of those churches we went into, a lot of their youth groups, some of them had good, sizable youth groups, like 15, 20 people. And I remember one church we sang in that the youth group would sit on my left-hand side. And I always wondered why they did that. So one day, we sung at that particular church again, and like I said, my routine was check the setup, make sure it was ready to go, then I'd go over and talk to them, because I noticed the two or three times we were there that all the youth group was sitting together. So I kind of walked over and I told them who I was, got to talking a little bit, and I asked them, I said, why do you guys always sit on this particular side? We love the bass singer. And that's what I was. Of course, my voice has changed over the years, and I don't quite have the same bass range I used to have, but that told me that those young people were willing and ready to learn so that they could be effective disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, if they loved me, and I love them like that, how much more should we love God? But more importantly, how much more should we love others? Should we love our neighbors as ourselves? How important is that? I titled my message this morning, The Condensed Commandments. Now what we're going to do is we'll take a look at these commandments that Jesus gave and hopefully we'll gain a greater understanding of what Jesus meant when he said not only to love God, but also to love others. Now before we get into the story here, we need to kind of go back, go way back, back to the Old Testament and take a look at the Ten Commandments. And what they will do is they'll serve as a foundation for the message today. Exodus 20 verses 1 through 17 says, Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. 
You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So now that we have the Ten Commandments in place, we are ready for the rest of the story, as the late Paul Harvey would say. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing everything that they possibly could to try and trap Jesus so they could eliminate him because he was calling them out on their lives. They thought they had all the answers. And then along comes Jesus and messes up their world. He starts sticking his nose in their business. And these guys did not like it at all. They were beyond angry. So they started questioning him on things to see if he would do something wrong. Now, can you imagine the sinless and pure Son of God doing something wrong? Going against God's laws and statutes? Not a chance. Jesus always had the right answer and never wavered in any answer he gave. So question after question came. Have you ever asked someone a question hoping to trip them up? Hoping to make them fail? Well, that is what the scribes and Pharisees tried on Jesus. Doing everything they could to make him mess up. But he wasn't having any part of it. He was ready with his guns loaded, prepared for spiritual warfare. And it was on. Now, up to this point, Jesus was teaching in parables and in stories. And then along come the critics. We know them as the scribes and Pharisees. Now, Jesus was teaching a parable 
on the wicked tenants. Now a man had planted a vineyard, dug the pit for the wine press, put up a watchtower, and then leased the vineyard to some tenants and headed out on a trip to a far country. When the time of the harvest came along, the landlord sent several servants to collect his part of the profits. And each time, the tenants beat these servants up and sent them away with nothing to give the landlord. Some of these servants were even killed. So in a last ditch effort, the landlord sent his own son to the tenants to collect his part. However, when these evil men saw the son coming, they decided to kill him so that his inheritance would be theirs. Then Jesus asked a very important question about what the landlord would do to these evil tenants. <laughs> he didn't wait for an answer. He simply said the landlord would destroy those evil tenants and give the vineyard to others to tend. Now, it didn't take very long for the scribes and Pharisees to realize that Jesus was talking about them as the evil tenants. They were so angry that they wanted to arrest Him. But they feared the crowd, so they left Him and went away. Now this went on several times with questions about paying taxes and questions on the resurrection. Each time these experts on the law were trying to trip Jesus up. But it was a useless endeavor. Finally this young scribe comes along one whose job it was to copy royal and sacred manuscripts and who was a student in the law of Moses. Now, it is his question that makes him different from the others. And it is his question that is the basis of the story here. Now, this young man is listening to all the others questioning Jesus on various spiritual matters. And Jesus is answering each question so well that they went away speechless. Angry, but speechless. Anyway, this young man asked Jesus one question. Which commandment is first of all? Notice that this question was different. It wasn't asked in a tricky way, but in such a way that the young man was genuinely interested in seeking the truth. Now, Jesus didn't have to think for very long before he gave his answer. He simply said, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these. And you can find this in Mark 12, verses 29 through 31. Now, you can't get any more straightforward than how Jesus answered this young scribe. Jesus didn't have to get angry with this young man simply because this scribe asked an awesome question. Perhaps the most important question in history. Jesus even said that this fellow was not far from the kingdom of God. These commandments summed up all the law and the prophets. Now I want you to understand something here. Jesus didn't change the law. He simply explained the law in such a way that it was easy to understand. And that is the key. Things don't have to be complicated. Keeping things simple is the way to go. In order for us to experience the kingdom of God in our own lives and ultimately have victory over sin, we have to love the Lord with everything that is within us, with everything that we have and can possibly muster up. This is the key to the abundant life, to happiness beyond comprehension. Now one last story on the second commandment. There was once a school teacher who brought a bunch of balloons to school for her students. She told each child to blow one up and write their name on the balloon. After this, all the balloons were tossed into the hallway. Then the teacher went up and down the hallway mixing the balloons up as best she could. Then the students were given two minutes to find their own balloon. But as you can imagine, it was total, utter chaos. Then the teacher told the students, take one balloon at a time. See whose name is on the balloon and give it to that person. And within just a very few short minutes, each child had their own balloon back. The teacher told her students, the key to happiness is not what you can do for yourself, but what you do for others. Love God with everything you have and love others as yourself. Think about it.